Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us on this mighty fine podcasting day. We are still the best show on the internet, so you have chosen wisely. This is Reddit Readings. If you want an extra bonus episode every week and free listening, or you just want to buy us a coffee, check out our Patreon. But without further ado, this is episode 127. Today we're in r slash malicious compliance. I have my tea and popcorn. I hope you do too. Let's get ready and get stuck in. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Hello guys, thank you for joining us. A big thanks, by the way, to the 11 people that are currently supporting us on Patreon. I will do a proper shout-out. Believe me, you are very much appreciated. Our first tape today doesn't have anything on it, just a smudge, no username, or anything. It just says we can only get one hotel room now. Okay. Many years ago, I used to work for a company that did a lot of traveling. We're talking 12 to 20 hours a day in a truck with another guy, often for 5 to 10 days at a time. When we stopped at hotels, which was not every night, sometimes you slept in the truck, we would get separate hotel rooms so you'd have a little bit of personal space. There was a per DM rate, and as long as we kept the hotel rooms under that rate, it was never an issue. Well, after about 15 years of this, the company suddenly decided that separate rooms was costing too much. We had to share rooms now, regardless of the cost. The job market was fairly good at this point in time, and a few guys basically quit on the spot and the rest complained a lot. Now, this actually created two forms of malicious compliance. The first one is instead of looking for a moderately priced hotel, often the drivers would max out the accepted rate. For example, often we would drive out of major cities and stay in the suburbs where hotels and motels are cheaper. Not anymore. You'd find the really nice hotel downtown, and you'd have to pay for parking down there too for the truck, so you expense that also. Then some guys took the policy a step further, and would walk into hotel and say, I'll give you the max rate for this room. They would chat up the hotel desk, explain the situation, and deliberately overpay for the room, spending every cent they could underneath the max rate, just to cost the company a bit more money. The second bit of malicious compliance took a bit more convincing behind the scenes. Shortly after this change was made, it just so happened that the head manager of the company needed to head out on one of these trips, which was a relative rarity. Through some backdoor dealings, a few of us managed to get the most obnoxious, smelliest driver on the schedule with him. This guy was a bit of a trip. Nice guy, but didn't like to shower very often. Talked to your ear off and refused to turn on the radio. Was really pretty slovenly. 
and liked to watch porn really loudly on the TV in the hotel room. Wasn't the brightest bulb either, but was relatively competent at his job and easygoing otherwise. After sharing a hotel room with him for one night, the manager decided he needed his own hotel room. We made sure everyone in the company knew the manager would not even hack it for more than one day sharing a room, and this caused some pretty strong strife. A few more good guys quit. Shortly thereafter, they reinstated the policy of individual hotel rooms. But now, the damage had been done. Some of the guys really liked staying downtown, so the parking fees for the trucks went up and overall cost of the hotel rooms went up too. This next one is from Groot13. Not allowed to take Ubers unless it's to the main airport. Alright, fine. This happened years ago. In Toronto, there's a small island airport close to downtown. And then there's the full-on Pearson International. Once every two weeks or so, I'd have to travel, so I'd usually book my flight through Island Airport since it would be cheaper, and my office was downtown so it took literally 15 minutes to get to. And there's no real customs or anything, you can show up 30 minutes before your flight departs and you're good to go. If my flight was at 1pm, I'd leave the office at noon and make it with time to spare. One day, I get my expense request denied for the Uber that took me to the airport because it was close enough to walk as per company policy slash taxi Uber is only for Pearson. This was all over $12, which I was doing for months. Alright, fine. Next flight I booked in Pearson. The ticket was $900 instead of $400. I paid $70 in an Uber to get there instead of $12, and I had to leave work a full three and a half hours before my flight to make it through check-in, security, blah blah, etc. and get to my gate on time. Usually I'd be on some sort of call leading up to my flight, but here I couldn't do any work at all. Sorry team, I'm unavailable for the rest of the day because of company policy. Come back and I'm asked why my expense report was double the usual amount I'd put in. It's because I can't expense a $12 Uber to Billy Bishop Airport and I'm not going to walk 40 minutes in my suit and dress shoes in the middle of January in the snow. Two months later, it's now cost them two grand over what I'd normally have spent. Some of the flights in that time were over $1,000 versus the $400 at Island Airport. Finally, I get an email one day saying I can take whichever flights I deem best based on my judgement and that any amount under $700 is auto-approved at the island airport. Now I get to eat a nice meal and sometimes upgrade myself to premium seats, and still full within budget. Does anyone else feel like there should be r slash corporate logic? True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, terror takes center stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. 
It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Our next story is from Uncle Coyote. Father's Day Compliance. 18 years ago, not about, trust me, I know this one to the fucking date. I was over dad's house and I needed a wrench. And coming from a long line of mechanics, I knew he had one available, as I didn't have my kit in the car, so I asked to borrow one. Dad of course said yes, handed me the mechanics toolbox and just out of habit I opened it, and I immediately noticed that a Craftsman 716th ratchet end wrench was missing. Again, I come from a long line of mechanics. Every tool has its place, be it in a drawer, box, or outlined on a pegboard. I thought it weird Dad lost a wrench out of the spare-slash-house toolkit. You're missing a 716th, I pointed out, showing him the missing slot. Now, Dad being Dad just had to bust on me a bit, so looking me dead in the eyes and beaming a huge smile, he responded, It was there when I gave it to you. Mind you, I hadn't left the kitchen. I hadn't so much as shifted my feet. I knew he was lying. He knew he was lying. But it had been ingrained in me since childhood that losing a tool is a death sentence. Now, I knew he was busting my balls and I let it go. But from that day forward, any time we needed something, he'd make a comment like, Sure wish I had that 716th wrench that Coyote lost. Or, you know what would fix it? That missing 716th wrench. This went on for months. So one day, he made the usual tease me for losing a tool comment, and I warned him. I looked him in the eye and said, Say it one more time, old man, and you're going to get that wrench every birthday, Father's Day, and Christmas for the rest of your natural life. A few hours passed, and I asked him to hand me a tool, and he said, I can't. You lost it, remember? I laughed and just played it off. But it was on. And that was 18 years ago. Today being Father's Day, he just received his 52nd Craftsman Ratchet N 716th wrench. Since that day, he's tried telling me that he knows that I didn't lose it. I knew that already. That I didn't need to buy it. Oh, I fucking do. And he's occasionally tried to say it was a different size or item to try and get a different present. But we both know that's not happening. They are everywhere. Every coffee can, junk drawer, cabinet, toolbox, pegboard, or spare nail in the housing garage contains a Craftsman 716th ratchet end wrench. You know how they say you're never more than 8 feet from a spider? Well, in Dad's world, you're never more than 7 feet from a Craftsman 716th ratchet end wrench, because there are at least two in his truck at this point as well. When will it end? When the old bastard dies. 
the last wrench will go inside his cold, dead hand so he can tighten bolts in hell. Because I warned him. God damn it. I warned him. Happy Father's Day to all of you with weird traditions, jokes, and relationships with the man who made you who you are today. <laughs> and if you need a wrench, hit me up. I know a guy. Our next one is from Brother P. I have to pay that 10 cents personal call charge? Dumb. Back in the days before unlimited mobile phone calling plans and long distance, I had a company paid flip phone. There are all kinds of fussy rules attached to using it. No texting, even though texting was free. No long distance calls, with one exception as I'll explain below. No special ringtones, and no using the camera. Like I said, fussy rules. The one exception to the no long distance calls rule was for travel. In my job it was rare I'd have to travel to a different calling area, i.e. roaming. But if I did, I was permitted one long-distance phone call per day to call home. That's it. So the day came when I had to travel and stay overnight in a hotel for work. When I arrived at the hotel, I called my wife to let her know I arrived and spent a couple of minutes talking to my kids. Got some supper, did some work in front of the TV in the hotel room, and went to bed. The next day, while at the conference I was attending, I got a call from my home office. As I was in a large hotel, the call dropped, so I had to call back. Didn't think anything of it. Went back to my session and enjoyed the speaker. Later, after I got back to the hotel, I called home to say goodnight to the kids. I got the answering machine and left a message. Didn't think anything of that either. The next day, I returned and went on with my life. At the end of the month, I got a call from finance. Brother P, it's a finance supervisor here. I'm just reviewing your latest cell phone bill and it shows an unauthorized long distance call. Really? What was the date? April 3rd. You made a call to uh, the office number and then at 9.20 you made another one to your home number at 6.15pm. Oh yeah, yeah, that was when I was at the conference. Uh, first call was from me to the office but I got cut off and had to call back and then I called home from the hotel later. Okay, so... How would you like to reimburse us for the call? I beg your pardon? The second call. You have to reimburse us for the unauthorized long-distance call. You have an expense claim from the conference in, so I can deduct it from that. Or you can pay it directly. How much are we talking about? Ten cents. Ten cents? Ten cents. Would you like that deducted from your expense claim? I thought I was being punked. Seriously. I sat in stunned silence for a few moments. No, you know what? I'll pay you directly, I said and wished the supervisor a pleasant day. I opened my drawer where I had some spare change, took two nickels, taped them to a sheet of 8.5 by 11 inch paper and wrote for cell phone charge and my name. I then took a company envelope, addressed it to the finance office in a different building walking distance away folded the sheet of paper and put it in the envelope. I put the envelope in the outgoing mail tray, the postage for which would be paid by the company. A few days later, I got a call from the controller herself. Three pay grades above me and usually wouldn't interact with someone on my level. Apparently, the supervisor complained about me. What's with the nickels? I explained the situation, told her the supervisor had insisted I pay the 10 cent charge and I complied. 
She laughed out loud. The paper, envelope, and postage had cost the company more than what they recovered. The following month, the finance department updated the cell phone policy. From then on, only long-distance charges in excess of $10 had to be reimbursed. Yep, that is definitely another candidate for r slash corporate logic. So, again, another one we have today that has a smudged tape. No name, just says, sure, I'll take your pennies. I was working at a gas station for about 20 years. One evening, this lady comes in, dumps like five or six handfuls of pennies on the counter, and states her preferred brand. Ordinarily, our cashiers would just tell someone to fuck off if they were trying this, but I was pretty chill at the time and had nothing to do but run the register and stuff my face with food from the deli case, so cue malicious compliance. I just said, okay, but I'll have to take other customers, I'll count this in between. She objects. It's all there, I counted it already! I reply, my draw comes up wrong, I'll get in trouble, I have to count it, sorry. She starts stomping around the store, all mad, throwing her arms around, etc. I'd later come to recognize this as tweaker behavior. I start counting, meticulously setting the pennies aside in stacks of ten, and pausing every time a customer comes in. All the while, this lady is acting like she's been stabbed through the hand. Maybe half a dozen customers and ten minutes later, I'm nearing the end of the pile. She's still standing by the door, getting more and more impatient, bitching at everyone who comes through. I was giving the other customers priority, so they didn't care, of course. Anyway, I finish counting and she's short, maybe 15 cents? Who remembers? It was fairly common for people to raid the penny dish to cover the cost of a pack of cigarettes they couldn't quite afford, and this was generally allowed. Small town, and after all, who even cares? But she promised me it was all there, and I got a bit of a bug up my ass about it. So I take the overflowing free penny dish and move it behind the counter before calling her over. Yeah, your X cent short? Oh, can't you just cover it from the dish? Where is it? What dish? There's a dish, there's always a dish. You took it away. I give her a puzzled look, wave my hands over the counter. There's no dish, I don't know what you're talking about. She is incensed and curses me out for a while. I just shrugged it off. She left without her cigarettes, of course. My boss came over afterwards and told me I didn't have to count those or even take them. Dude did not get me at all, but I just played it straight and was like, oh, okay. Well guys, thank you very much for listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've got that Reddit readings tweaker behavior going on and you've just got to get your fix, why not head on over and check out our Patreon? And in the meantime, a jolly good show, chaps. Absolutely spiffing. What hot? See you in the next episode. Ta-da for now! Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true... We are here to tell you that they probably aren't, but that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. 
In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.